Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Let the cat out of the bag and we're going to let the switch tip out 
be able to benefit from your deeds. Now, that's a secret that, you know, Shantice let out the bag on Monday. We would not be, you know, going through a Monday morning properly if we did not get that switch tip from Shantice, be able to benefit from your deeds. Now, when you do all this great stuff in the eyes of God, you know, you don't want to do things that won't reverberate you know, and, and get you a blessing. Now, we're not talking about doing things just to get a blessing, but you want to be able to benefit from the things that you do. And that should keep you on the side of making sure you're doing things the right way. You know, because remember, the same way you want the good things to come back to you, you don't want the bad things to reverberate and come back to you, you know, because most times the word reverberate is kind of used in a negative, you know, fashion. So you don't want that stuff. So you want to be able to know that everything you're doing is going to, you know, put you in right standing with God. It's going to be able to be a blessing to you later on, and you're going to be on the upswing in life. Okay? All righty. What else are we talking about this morning that happened last week? Well, let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day rolled around. And we talked about that 16-year-old who had been warned by his parents to stop driving because he did not have a learner's permit. Well, we talked about the other things that go on, you know, that parents may talk about with their children or they may not talk about with their children that's in the church arena and uh, one of the things that was brought up was you know when you're in church together and when you look around your child is not sitting with you and they're kind of like somewhere else either they're running around the church or they're in another part of the church maybe downstairs in the you know lunch area or the chill out area they've made it so you know you're gonna have to stay on top of them kids to make sure that they're not doing the things that they don't have any business doing all righty all righty well wow wednesday rolled around everybody and wow it was Okay, and uh, we had a conversation again with the ladies in the forefront this time about that stealthing. You know, that's when a couple is having sex and they agree that the condom is worn and the man removes the condom without asking permission from his partner. So... I'm, I'm, I cannot repeat what went on because the fire rockets were in the air on Wild Wednesday. All righty? Well, go back and listen. Go back and listen. Thursday. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday rolled around, and we talked about ways to take your peace back or to even get the peace in the first place. And we talked about... You know, expect the promises of God. You know, once God says it, you know, that settles it. He's not taking it back. 
He's not changing his mind. So if he's promised it, just just rest and stand on those promises, okay? Uh, make sure you stay away from doubt, worry, and fear. Ooh, your three enemies. Make sure you stay away from them, okay? Because there's no way in the world, if those are your three dance partners, you're going to be able to either get peace or maintain peace, okay? All righty. Well, Friday, freestyle Friday rolled around. Oh, yes, it did. And we talked about the, uh, the telethon that was being held by the drag artists because they wanted you to know or they want you to know that they're not, you know, how do how did they say it? I want to make sure. They want to show that drag performers are not dangerous groomers, sexual deviants, criminals, or whatever it is people are calling them these days. And, you know, I just want to say that it, the Due Time crew, we don't label anybody. You know, every single group has its crazies. Every single group has their people that are just unsavory, who are dangerous, who are, you know, out of sorts. And, you know, we, we really don't subscribe to that, you know. So, you know, the telethon is going on to raise money for their, what do you call it, their lawyer fees and that they, you know, can have to send and give to uh, the, let's see, the, the charity of their choice. But they're trying to make a point. They're trying to make a point, and they feel like in order to keep all of these Tennessee laws from coming down the pipeline, they're going to fight back, they're going to raise that money, and they're going to put it up to make sure that they have the proper voice. All right? Well, that's how last week went. Last night. Woo! Woo! The internet radio broadcast waves were burning. Oh, yes, the Word Prayer Project was in effect. And uh, spiritual Spiritual strength was the topic for the night. And Pastor Steph had her prayer warriors on with her. Pastors Brenda and Pastor Vincent Stokes. You know them. They were on our relationship clinic. Pastor Vinny belongs to our Freestyle Friday men's lineup. And oh, you want to go back and listen because, listen, 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 I want to believe that if you didn't have any spiritual strength when you got on, that prayerfully by the time you got off, you had some spiritual strength because we going to need it. We need it now. You need it every minute of the day, my friend. And we need to make sure that we're not walking out here uncovered. Because that helmet, 
that helmet that you need to wear down to the sand dunes. Put on the full armor of God. That's one of the ways you can keep your spiritual strength. Because if you don't have what you need to have on to fight off the enemy, oh, he's going to zap you of all of that strength. You can trust and believe that. So I'm telling you that you want to go back. You want to go back. You want to go back. You want to go back and listen to not just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You want to go back and listen all to all of last night. All righty? All righty. Well, today... We are shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. Can you believe it's another Monday? Man, time is flying. And we can't do nothing about it. The only thing we can do is make sure we are where God wants us to be. Because time is moving on whether we're going to stand still or we're going to move with it. So, uh, here we are again. God is amazing. He has brought us to another Monday. We are in our right frame of mind. We have our health and strength. And we are so good. We are so good. You know, you don't want to wait to get that strength when you need it most, meaning you down and out. Because I'm going to tell you something. It ain't going to come out the same way. No, there's a difference between... You know, reaching out for God when you're desperate and reaching out for God when you just need him and you have been in the habit of reaching out to God. Oh, he's picking up on all of that stuff. You know, like I said last night, like Pastor V, Pastor Brenda said last night, God accepts us at all times. But he don't want our filthy nights and tents and our filthy rags. You know, we coming to him when we just ain't got nothing else to give. No, we need to give God our first fruit. And we've talked about that here on his due time with Pastor Steph. We don't want to be calling out for God when we ain't got a leg. You know, when the wing is broken. You know, and the eyes twitching. Ear ringing. Head spinning. No. You want to give God your best. Give us your best to the master. Ooh. That sounds like a topic. Oh, I think I got my topic for next week Sunday, God Spirit. Make sure you write that down, Kitty Girl. Give up your best to the master. Oh, I don't know. God might switch that thing up. But just in case he doesn't, I ain't got to think about it because it's already given to me. Woo! Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get this day started. Go ahead and get the healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And make sure whatever you do, you don't go anywhere because we will be right back. It is estimated that endometriosis affects 1 in 10 women of reproductive age. Endometriosis is a condition where tissue that normally grows in the uterine lining winds up outside the uterus. And these misplaced pieces of tissue, which we refer to as implants or lesions, 
they undergo hormonal changes during the course of a woman's, woman's cycle, resulting in typically debilitating pain during one's periods, but also sometimes pain in between periods. Many women are undiagnosed because they're unaware of the condition, or they may be too shy to discuss their symptoms with their doctor. Tell everything. Don't get embarrassed. There is no such thing as, as TMI when it comes to your health because these symptoms really do help the doctor understand what you could have. A new awareness campaign called Speak Indo provides information on symptoms and a virtual community where women can share information and feel less alone. The website also has a checklist of questions to help women discover if they might have endometriosis. Shipped to 
those three states is being recalled due to dangerous E. coli contamination and it's identified as Elkhorn E-L-K Horn Valley Pride Angus Beef so if you have bought that you need to take it back to the store or just take the hit and throw it out they say that it's based out of Kansas and it shipped that bad product to restaurants and other establishments in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, which is another family state to New York. And they say it was discovered the E. coli was discovered during a routine testing period. And they do not have any, uh, let's say, reports of anyone becoming ill from the beef. But, you know, you never know. It's out there. It's out there. When you talk about over, you know, 3,400 pounds of that, you know, it could be in your anything. So remember that it is. it was also sent out to restaurants. So, you know, you may not have it in your house, but if you eat some kind of, you know, beef chuck from the outside, that could possibly be tainted. They say symptoms of contamination show up between two to eight days after you have consumed it and the symptoms, diarrhea, blood in your stool, and vomiting. Okay? They say it normally runs the course within a week, but in some rare cases, severe and long-lasting illnesses can develop some form of kidney failure, and it can affect older adults and children under the age of five, okay? They say for mild versions of the illness, stay hydrated, get lots of rest, and, you know, go to an ER to make sure that you're not, like, self-diagnosing and that you get the proper treatment. All righty? All right. All right, our health tip for this morning. They say that there are some bladder myths, some bladder health myths that they want you to stop believing. So they say, myth number one, that incontinence is a normal and inevitable part of OH. So in other words, they, you know, the word out, Word on the street is that when you get old, you're going to have to start going to the bathroom all the time. (laughs) That's the bottom line. Well, they say the truth to that is that although urinary incontinence does become more common as we get older, especially over 65, it's not necessarily a part of the aging process. Okay? They say... 
you know, you may be embarrassed to feel the symptoms of constantly going to the bathroom. That may not have been something that, you know, took place years ago. But, you know, people suffer in silence, and you don't have to go through that. You don't have to go through that. They say that they took a survey, and some women were diagnosed with, um, you know, that incontinence issue. And, you know, they kept it to themselves. And that was after they had held it for about three years. They had held that piece of information from their doctors for about three years, and they were coping with this. All righty, so... Listen, if that's what you're going through, overactive bladder is what they call it, O-A-B, don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel embarrassed. Listen, I am not elderly. And trust me when I tell you, you don't always want to travel with Pastor stuff because if you're the person that you don't want to stop, you're going to have to stop if you're traveling with me because I need to go to the bathroom. I can't be sitting around holding that thing. No, 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 no. And I'm nowhere near, you know, that age technically. All right, so that's myth number one that they want you to get rid of. Another myth, they say, oh, okay, and I tell you, I don't read these lists. Overactive bladder only affects people over 50. Told you. <laughs> That's a myth. Bob, word on the street has it wrong. They say bladder problems can peak at different stages of our life for men and women. But it doesn't mean that the overactive bladder is in effect, and that's a normal part of your lifestyle. They say that it is more common in women because the muscles controlling urination weaken over time during physical pressure of pregnancy and childbirth and you know overactive bladder is often overlooked due to male related comorbidities all right go look it up i don't know what that means i guess that's stuff that happens to men (laughs) so they say that They don't have any particular reason. It's unclear, but different ethnic groups may experience varying prevalence rates for OAB as well. And they say that there's a large-scale population study in African-American women. Yes, we have the highest uh, rate. And they say that Hispanic and uh, Caucasian women are kind of equal, all right? So I just said it. You know, I've been going to the bathroom a lot for years. That's what I said. It started long before now. So it does not necessarily start after 50, okay? Myth three, there's nothing you can do if you suffer from OAB, overactive bladder, and Bob, word on the street is that that's what's going on, but they say that is not true. If you're experiencing symptoms, talk to your doctor. You know, they say that they generally start by implementing lifestyle and behavioral changes, 
such as drinking water all the time, you know. Plus, I had three kids, you know, so, you know, things like that happen to your little bladder. All righty. What else are they saying? They're saying that, hmm, alcohol, caffeine, spicy and acidic foods, as well as artificial sweeteners and even chocolate can stimulate the bladder, increasing your urine. Yes, let me read that again. Alcohol, caffeine, spicy and acidic foods, artificial sweeteners, and even chocolate can stimulate your bladder increase. All righty? So they say to make sure you drink fluids, which is water, but people often drink fewer liquids to, you know, go to the bathroom less. They say, but drinking less can cause you to produce more concentrated dark urine, okay? And they say concentrated urine can cause more frequent urination in and of itself. So it's kind of like you're killing yourself or you're defeating the purpose. Can you imagine that? So you don't drink a lot in order to not go to the bathroom a lot. But if you do that, then you get the concentrated urine, and that in and of itself can make you go to the bathroom a lot. Whoa. So you might as well just go ahead, do what you need to do, and make it happen naturally. Because I'm sure concentrated urine can cause some other problems. Okay? They say that they advise patients to maintain a healthy weight since extra weight can add pressure to your bladder. Wow. Mm. So they say patients can also train their bladder. They say bladder training strategies such as pelvic floor muscle training may help alleviate OAB symptoms, helping to improve or even eliminate bladder leakage in some people. They say to strengthen the pelvic floor, doctors recommend performing daily exercising by alternating squeezing and relaxing the muscles that start and stop the flow of urination. So performing with an empty bladder, your first goal should be to tighten your pelvic floor muscles for five seconds and then relax them for four or five seconds. So let's say that again. Your first goal should be to tighten on an empty bladder. You're not going to do this while you have to go to the bathroom. Come on, people. Tighten your pelvic floor muscles for five seconds and then relax them for five seconds. They say for beginners, it's recommended that you start with five reps the first day And as you gain confidence, increase the time that you hold and release each constant, constant, yeah, contraction for five to ten seconds. They say done correctly and routinely, this process may help postpone the emptying of the bladder. Okay? So they say while not a fix, um, (laughs) you know, If you have this problem, you know, 
put on some disposable or reusable incontinence underwear pads, um, liners, and they actually have incontinence underwear. And that can help you stay dry and reduce anxiety about getting to the restroom in time. All righty, so there's an answer. There's an answer for everything. There's an answer for everything. All righty. So I hope that helped. I hope that helped. I think I'm going to start trying that. I think I'm going to try starting that. I'm going to start trying that. All right. Well, we got some quick news today. So, you know, they have been experiencing some tornadoes down in the south, and they're saying that these tornadoes have left a trail of destruction across rural Mississippi and Alabama overnight on Friday, killing at least 26 people, raising buildings and plunging thousands of homes into darkness. They said about 2,000 homes in Mississippi were damaged or destroyed. They say another tornado hit uh, an area of Georgia on the Alabama border on Sunday, leaving behind significant damage. Severe weather was rumbling through parts of the south again on Sunday, even, um, you know, and they're even having a search and sending out more rescue teams. So we're going to keep them lifted in prayer. Alrighty. Well, as a side note, I did speak to Pastor KL late last night, and he said that his particular area had not been hit yet, and but they were anticipating uh, being affected by the unexpected tornadoes, and uh, hopefully. The same would be for this morning that they would, you know, his area would not be affected still. Alrighty. Alrighty. What else are we talking about? Well, speaking of uh, stuff that's going on that's crazy, we have this family dollar worker. Now, this is like, this is so crazy. And, you know, I have to say, this happens quite normally. You know, this is a normal process, unfortunately. And a lot of people, you know, you start off one way and you end up another way. So this family dollar worker was arrested for shooting a shoplifter. And... Here's what happened. So you have this person who comes through Family Dollar, and he's a shoplifter. And this Kevin Madrid, who was an employee of Family Dollar, saw the shoplifter and warned him to stop stealing and to get out the store. Well... It says that they began arguing and the shoplifter punched Mr. Madrid in the face. So now the store worker pulls out a gun, fires, and not only does he fire once, 
he shoots him ten times and continues to unleash this firing as the guy is on the floor. So the victim was rushed to the hospital with critical injuries, but he doesn't die. Here's the problem. Now, Mr. Madrid is being charged with attempted murder among some other um, counts. And what happens is they said once, you know, he shot him, that was one thing. But when he continually shot, you know, now that's attempted murder because he doesn't have a gun. He cannot fire back. He's now on the floor, and, you know, that's not self-defense. And and I said this is quite common because, you know, you have this, I started out, quote-unquote, defending myself, and now when you start unleashing 10, you know, shots, that's not considered taking care of yourself any longer, and that's how they snag you. You know, you go from one extreme to the next. And unfortunately now, he has a, a, a whole new issue. So, you know, we got to be careful how we defend ourselves, if you will. All right? Well, I did find some weird, weird stories this week. So you have this woman, and we talked about this here on his due time with Pastor stuff In Virginia, there's this woman who is having a problem with her husband. So they are having problems. You know, they are 37. Well, at least she's 37. And she's having problems with her husband. And they're now going to separate and he plans to move with the youngest daughter. So they have two girls, one fifteen, one five. And he tells her he's going to move with the baby girl. Well, this crazy chick murders the two girls. And she calls him. And she tells him that she killed the girls so that he couldn't move away with them. Oh, my Lord. She tries to plead insanity. They're not having it. No, the mental illness thing will not fly this go-round. They are saying that she was a former sex worker as a child and... You know, this was done by her family, and, you know, this was her history, and they're like, nope, sorry. They said, okay, depression, nope, sorry. They said, all right, PTSD, nope, sorry. They're not buying any of it. They're not buying any of it. They say that she bought this gun Nine days before killing the girls, they say little five-year-old baby was shot, I believe, in the back. And they said that as the teenage daughter, 
laid there dying. She called the ex-husband and told him that she hated him and she had shot the girls in her revenge against him. And we talked about this before, how these crazy parents do all of this, you know, so that, you know, the other parent would suffer. And it's like, how do you drag your children? How do you drag your children in this madness? So one of the girls did make it to the hospital, but... Unfortunately, she didn't live. And like I said, you know, they're going to the fact that, you know, before she was 16, mom, before she was 16, you know, she was Argentinian born and she grew up in poverty and she became a sex worker, um, you know, early in life at the tender age of 16. And now this is why she ends up killing her daughters. And they're like, we're not buying it. And I can understand that. You know, it, this is, you didn't live the whole life. And, you know, you didn't say it. See, here's how you shoot yourself in the foot. You didn't say it, that you gonna ki- you killed the girls to get back at him. You watching your baby die. You watching your baby die. And while the baby is laying on the ground dying, you going to make that phone call to my, well, listen, I hate you, and I killed the kids. Nah, you blew it. You had done better, like, wigging out and shooting yourself in the arm or something. Maybe they would have believed you at that point, but nah, they're not buying it. They're not buying it. Poor babies. Poor babies. They're dragged into these, these people's madness. All right. Well... Here's the one that I'm really scratching my head about today and I want to talk about since this is Relationship Monday. You know, we didn't talked about the crazy woman who kills the kids. So let's talk about the crazy female cop. Now, y'all let me know later if I'm crazy. Because you know what? See, again, like with the mother, she couldn't raise a certain argument. Well, y'all tell me whether this chick could raise a certain argument as well. All right, so she is the first female cop ever to serve in a small Michigan town, this 35-year-old Teresa. So Teresa says that she was groped by a supervisor during a twisted initiation ritual and then forced to have all sex with a married patrol officer. And this is what has been put out in the lawsuit. Now, y'all tell me if it's just Pastor Steph. So she claims, this Teresa, 35, claims that she was relentlessly sexually harassed during her four years while she was working at some rural police station Somewhere out in Michigan, okay? So she says that in October of 17, at just weeks after she was hired, she was coerced into making out with her direct supervisor at a bar. 
she's saying that this Dumais supervisor, his name is Dumais, that he allegedly pressured her into doing a fireball whiskey shot and then kissing him in order to be initiated into this police department. She said that she refused and said the whole thing was made up when he was telling her about the initiation. She said, oh, no, I'm not doing this. That's made up. That's not real. And he responded that it was required and that everyone had to do it as a protocol. So he demonstrated as he took a shot and then he kisses the former county dispatcher, which was a male. So y'all getting this? So he's, he's telling her, listen, you got to take this shot. So she's saying, you know, to be initiated into this department. She's saying that's made up. I don't believe you. So in order for him to prove, he takes the shot and then reaches over and kisses another male to prove his point. Okay, so she says she ultimately buckled to the pressure and took the shot, and then she ended up kissing him as a part of the of the of the initiation ritual. Okay, that's step one. After another shot, she says that he ends up putting his hand between her legs. And grabs her genitals. At a later date, her former patrol partner forced himself on her and allegedly made her touch his genitals over his pants as she drove him home from a bar. What's the common denominator here? Okay. During another incident, she visits another cop's home to watch a movie with his partner and his wife. All right? When the wife excuses herself, her partner grabs her hand, guides her downstairs, and pressures her to perform oral sex on him. She's Appalled later to find out that these people had not been placed. Oh, I'm sorry. She she was mad later to find out that the two men had placed a bet on who could have sex with her first. So in March of 22, she met with the first guy and another officer to air her grievances about ongoing sexual harassment in the department. Now, let me help you understand something here. In October of 17, it was Dumais that she sat at the bar with talking about the ritual, the initiation ritual. In March of 22, she meets with Dumais and another officer to air official grievances about ongoing sexual harassment in the department. Now, if this is the person <laughs> who was sexually harassing you, do you go 
and make the complaint to him? Is it me who's smoking a new drug? So after she was told that she would be fired if she didn't resign, she ended up leaving in April of 22. So now she has this lawsuit. And she's also naming another person, the director of the police and fire services, because he did not act on her harassment allegations. Surprise! So it says that she suffered from sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, a hostile work environment, but it doesn't say, you know, how much she's asking for. So before I say anything else, let's talk to the due time crew and see what they have to say. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you this morning? I am well, thank you. How are you this morning? I am well, thank you very much. That's good, that's good, that's good. All right, so we're going to talk about this woman who's having problems with her husband. Since Relationship Monday, we're going to talk about the relationships going wrong. So this woman, she's having problems with her husband. She's 35 years old. They end up separating and divorce. Excuse me, divorcing. Well, she's 37. I'm sorry. You know, because they're saying that this is her ex. So they are clearly divorced. And she has the 15-year-old and the 5-year-old. Well, he's about to relocate. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take the baby with me. Little Brooklyn, I'm going to take with me. And I'm not taking the 15-year-old. I believe the 15-year-old is not his because she has a different name than he and she does. But the little Brooklyn has the same last name. So this is probably why he said he was going to take the 5-year-old with him. So she's not having it. She ends up shooting both the babies. And I call the babies because she's 15. She's The other one is 5, like I said. And while the teenage girl was standing, you know, was lying there dying, she calls him and says, you know what, I hate you, I just killed the kids, and that's my revenge. Now, they say that she had given the kids some sleeping gummies so that they wouldn't be able to stop her from doing what she plan to do. So see, here's another reason why the courts are not buying the PTSD. They're not buying the fact that she was sexually abused by her family, and they're not buying anything else, depression, because all of this was calculated. This is not something, Tamika, where they say she just popped off and lost it. What are you thinking? Well, it's that act of um, 
we already know based on, or we can surmise based on what happened that, you know, there's a lack of God um, in her life. Um, and what we do um, in life is we replace things with God. So she replaced this man. And so with him leaving her, you know, the only thing that she felt that she could do would be to try to stop him by taking the children. But any, you know, normal, sane person would automatically think, you killing the children, I, what makes me next? You know, what, I mean, if you can, you can look at your five-year-old, well, whether she, whether she shot the child in the back or not, the whole idea of giving these children sleeping pills and then shooting them, you know, what makes, what makes me think that I'm not the next thing? You know, so any form of lack of control caused her to get to this degree that you'd be willing to, to, to uh, uh, kill both your children just to end it all. You know, you don't have much left to look forward to, as we can see, because this, is, this was your result, you know, and you used your children as pawns. You know, oh, well, but how does that solve the problem? Because in actuality, you made it worse. You know, even if he was thinking about leaving you, you know, now he's definitely not coming back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it amazes me because, again, you know, we do know. We do know that there are some, you know, PTSD issues. Um, You know, there's some, you know, things of our past come back and now we're responding to them. We know that happens. We know that happens. It happens with everybody. It happens with everybody. You're going to do something today that reflects something that happened to your you know, to you way back when. However, when you have a series of calculated events, they're not they they're not they're not <laughs> they're not counting that stuff. Then that that shifts everything in the eyes of the law, because now it looks like all of this was calculated and planned. And you lose your argument at this point. You really lose your argument at this point. So I I don't know how you're going to expect, like you said, you know, this is calculated. So now ain't nobody paying attention to the fact that this could be um, uh, a depression and things like this. No, they're not buying it. They're not buying it at all, Tamika. They're not buying it at all. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know what? I want to talk to Pastor Charlotte about this before we move on. Okay, so thank you for joining us this morning. I'm coming back. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, good morning. How is everyone doing on this day? <laughs> well, thank you, well, thank you. What's, you know, what, 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 how are you feeling over there before we even get into anything? I'm doing great today. I thank the Lord. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, Pastor Charlotte, how do you, how do you, you know, Roll on this one. Well, you said it was her ex. So to me, it sounds like first, my first thought was why we always want to kill the babies. You know, let the babies live, kill yourself if you want to be out. But I thought if she could be jealous 
of the children. And he probably spent more time with them than she felt that he did with her. That's how they became the ex, because he didn't want to take it no more. And back and forth of her attitude or whatever, right? Then I thought of that he, she didn't want, so since you don't want me, then I'm going to take out what you love to hurt you, because that's what it's about, right? Whatever they feel that you want, they're going to remove it in the process of that. So, and since it was his baby, the five-year-old, and not the 15, that's why he wanted to take it. Now, they know she lying because she set it up. If you don't went and gave them sleeping medicine, and then from the back you shoot the baby, so why do you think that you want to get over? But I understand because you're going to try whatever you can, and that's what the lawyer do, right? He's going to do whatever he can to try to make it. But no, mm-mm. Lock her up underneath the prison. Yeah, you know, it's so sad when you hear, you know, these these children become a pawn in these crazy lives of these parents. And, you know, again, she put her own foot in her mouth when they could trace back to the fact that she used the gummies, the sleeping gummies, and when she shot the children and then called him while the baby's laying there dying, while the girl is laying there dying, she says, I killed the kids. I hate you, and this is my revenge. You tell on yourself. You tell that this is calculated. So, you know, this is something that really, 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 you know, it, it, our children are so suffering at the hands of, of of their parents, and I say it all the time, ladies. I say, you know, these, these children can't even get out of the house. You know, we always worry about the coach, the teachers, the strangers, the pedophile, all these people we're worried about, and it's the parents that are doing the most damage to these children, and it is so sad. It is so sad. I want to talk about this other situation here. Thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Charlotte, today. You know, you're the first female cop in this town of Michigan. And we we got three different situations here. We're going to talk about each situation because I'm lost. I'm straight lost here, and maybe you ladies can help shed some light, or maybe you ladies could admit that you're just as lost as Pastor Steph. (laughs) All right, so, excuse me, this is the first, I'm going to go back, let's start all over again. First woman to be hired as a cop in this small Michigan town, and she claims sexual harassment. In her um, in her lawsuit, she's saying during her four years of working in this mountain police department that she was sexually harassed throughout the four years. And she says in October of 17, just weeks after being hired, she was 
coerced, quote-unquote, into making out with her direct supervisor. And how this happens is this supervisor, Dumais, and, and her are at a bar, and he tells her that there is an initiation ritual where she has to do this fireball whiskey shot, and then she has to kiss him. She says, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is something that, you know, this is a myth. People aren't, that's not serious. You know, you're just joking and making this up. And to prove his point, he takes a shot in front of her. He turns to another officer, which is a male, because remember, she's the first female, and he kisses that male officer. And she decides, okay, I'll break down, I'll do it. I buckled under the pressure, and she took the shot, and she gave him the kiss. And she says that this is coercion. Pastor Charlotte, is this coercion? No, she's just crazy. First of all, the first week, First of all, the first week you get on the job and you go to the boss with these people, you don't even know these people. And you're the only female. First of all, you didn't think of that it's a possibility that they could have gang raped you. Just, you know, just being a normal female. You with a whole bunch of men, you don't know. You don't know them. And then once he goes and kisses another man, and then you stay. And how weak are you as a cop to let somebody manipulate you into having a drink and for you to kiss them? So it made me think of what kind of cop are you? That was my first thought. All right. Tomiko, is anything wrong with this picture, with this scenario? Or is this, you know, how we get things done? Okay, so we as females have to have better pride for ourselves. Um, This is not the first or the second incident that I've heard about a female in a bar with gentlemen, whether it was one or many, you know, And, you know, we have often heard in many places um, where women who take roles as police officers, firemen, um, those type of roles are manipulated, assaulted, molested, that type of thing. And so with that setting in mind, you know, you don't try to befriend. You do what is on your requirement for work. Um, I'm not socializing with you. I'm not gathering with you. You know, this is this is not the way that that should go. You know, you put yourself in a predicament, you know, by by even engaging in that type of conversation. Not only that, you know, when you saw the gentleman kiss the other gentleman, that should have been your time to grab your bag and leave, you know. Um, so as for coercion, I do not agree. I have a question based on something you just said. Can an adult woman be molested? 
Pastor Sean, I'll let you answer that one first. Yes. She can. And how? What would be? What would the part? How? how let, give me, give me that definition of molested, Shanti. Okay. Pull that up so. Okay, so. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, so two definitions of molest. First one is sexually assault or abuse a person, especially a child, or pester or harass someone in an aggressive or persistent manner. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Pastor Charlene, continue, please. <clears throat> okay. So my thing is being molested is even it doesn't matter to me they have if they all gang up on her or just one. Just taking and just raping her, to me, that's still molestation to me. Do we have to put an age to it? I don't I don't th- I don't feel that it it's an age to it because it's still that you're taking advantage of her. All righty, all righty. Uh Tamika. I do believe that a an adult female can be molested, you know, the 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 whole idea that I said no, you know, um and the aggression that it takes for you to perform the act, whether you finalize it or not, I do believe that a female can be molested, an adult female can be molested. Okay, okay. So, you know, long gone the thought that only a child could be molested, uh, molested because that's, you know, that's how most molestation cases are presented. You know, from a child, you rarely ever hear of an adult woman being molested. In this particular case, ladies, do you see this as molestation, Uh, 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 Tamika? Well, unfortunately, whatever... I'm trying to find the right word, you know, because we don't know her mindset, you know, was it naivety that got you to this point? Was it trying to fit in? Was it peer pressure, you know, that even had you in the ballpark? Um, But then once you opened up the, again, you opened up the door, you know, and we can't do that, especially in our workplaces, you know. We can't find ourselves, you know, you open the door and now you're trying to slam it, but everybody's in your face. You know, you have to stand for what you stand for, you know, from day one. You know, as we can see, she didn't. She left the door cracked and they pushed it open. Okay. Pastor Charlotte, excuse me. Do you feel in this particular case that this is a situation of molestation? No, and the reason I'm saying no is because once you said first week, so you walked into something. Now they ask you to take the to take the shot, but you still could have said no. 
But once you, like um, Lady Tamika said, once you open up that door, then it's everybody for themselves. You knew and you kept doing it. Not that you had one drink, one shot. You went on and did another. So right there, you opened that and you allowed that to, to come in. All righty. <clears throat> I'm going to weigh in now. I I agree that no. I'm going to go back even further. We're looking at a case where this woman is 35 years old. So she had been on the job for four years. So let's say she started at this job at 31 years old. You are, you've gone through this whole, because they, what do they give you, like this uh, mental thing you go through to even see if you're eligible to get your job and things like that. So you didn't do all of these, you know, ups and downs, ins and outs to get the job, and they find you, um, you know, able to take this job. You able to take on a whole cop job, but you can't say no to going to the bar. I'm I'm lost. I'm having a hard time with this being coercion. I'm having a hard time with this being molestation. This particular case, being molestation. I'm not even gonna get to the point where you can where you sat there long enough. And initially, it says she said no. She said no. I refuse. I'm not doing it. This is all the myth that you're telling me. So then, as Pastor Charlotte said, you then pushed to sit there. You, at what point, both of you ladies have asked, do you decide you're going to get up? So you already went in the bar. Now, I'm sorry. You are, you are hired to be a cop. So already we're supposed to understand certain pitfalls. Because how are you going to go in and even weigh in on a situation or arrest somebody if you don't even know the basics? So you go into a situation, you're going to have to <clears throat> decide whether this is something we're going to lock you up for or if there's something that we're going to leave, you know, just, you know, warn you both or warn the group and walk off. You didn't even have enough sense to say no to go to the bar. Who does that these days? We've all heard enough scenarios. I think I, f- I forgot which one of you said it, where there's um, cops and female cops. I think it was you, Tamika. Female cops and female firefighters. We did a story here about the female firefighter who was caught up in the same stupid stuff. So I, I, my thing is, no, you you blew it when you agreed. To, you are the first Female cop, you blew it when you decided to go up in the bar with him. That you you threw everything out the window at that point. Ain't nobody coercing you. Cause listen, Stephanie doesn't drink, right? I'm going in the bar, but I don't drink. So I'm gonna sit there and chill with y'all. Or let's talk about from the other side. You go in the you going in the bar. You do drink. So then you should know what to be to to, to what you should know what to, what's expected of you. You gonna drink, and we all know that when we drink, we get loose, you know. And I don't mean loose, you know, like that kind of loose, but just your 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 your, your faculties are shifting. So come on, I know this ain't no coercion, and this ain't no molestation for me. Alrighty, so she's got this next situation, ladies, 
where she's citing that he, okay, because after the second shot, he says after another shot, he puts his hands between her legs and grabs her genitals. Okay, so you sat there for that one. Okay, so here's the second time. Some, some second incident. They say at a later date, her former patrol partner forces himself on her and allegedly makes her touch his genitals over his pants after she drove him home from the bar. <laughs> Help. All right, Tamika. Is this coercion? Is this... Um, molestation, is this a pattern? What does this look like to, to, to the people that's hearing this this harassment? Because these are things she's citing as sexual harassment and sexual discrimination and a hostile work environment. That's what she's putting in the lawsuit. And these are the three incidences that she's citing. Does this fall under, for you, does this fall under sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, or a hostile work environment? So she's the one driving him home, and... Is she driving and performing the act, or after she drove him home, this is what he requested of her? For clarity, it, I'm sorry. It, it just simply says um, her former patrol partner forced himself on her and allegedly made her touch his genitals over his pants as she drove him home from the bar. So it sounds like she's trying to say this happened simultaneously now. And I don't know, maybe they was at a stop sign. Maybe they were at a stoplight. I don't know. But that, that's, how, that's how it's termed. That's what I was asking. So I've got control of the wheel, and I have my hand on you. So I have, now, honestly, you know, you have all the controls in the world, you know, whether you realize it at the time, you do. You have the wheel. You know, you have all of the control. You know, you can tell him to get out your car. You can honk your horn to the cow, come home, you know, alerting everybody there's a problem here. You know, are you that intimidated by the situation that you decided to ride and still do the act? You know, you have, you, unfortunately, you know, she didn't do what she could have done, but she had all of the 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 access to, to handling that situation on her own, you know. And, you know, again, we can't gauge her mindset at the time. Maybe she felt intimidated. Maybe, you know, she's trying to keep her job, and so you perform the act. But unfortunately, she didn't make the right moves, and now, after the fact, you know, now the, the court trans, um, situation is transpiring. All righty. Pastor Charlene. This particular, remember now, I want to go back to, she's, she's taking this to court, and she's filing in the court papers that she has experienced sexual har- harassment, sexual discrimination, 
and a hostile work environment. And she's citing these three incidences as her proof that this is what she's experienced. Does this incident for you fall into any of those three categories? No. She the hostile one because she's allowing it to happen. Um, I need a clarity, too. Um, this one that she's driving, <laughs> this, the, the man that she's driving, that's her formal boss? It, that's Patricia. Yes, it says, let me make okay. sure I'm, I'm reading this right. Wait a minute, let me read it right. Yes, her, no, 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 not her boss, her former patrol partner. Oh, okay, her former boss. Okay, so my thought is, one, because we already established she shouldn't have been at the bar. Now you're going to ride him. For me, it sounds like that it couldn't have been familiar from before when they worked together. And if you did not like it, when we did get to a stoplight, you would have got out my car. You would have got out my car. Soon as whoever touched me the first time, I'm surprised they still had an arm, but that's just me. <laughs> and so since you got in my car and you think that I'm going to touch you till you get to your house, it sounds like this could be familiar, you know, and for you to stop and drive and continue to do it, it sounds familiar. So, like that song, I like it, I like it, I really, really like it. So. Okay. <laughs> All righty, Pastor Sherman. Okay. All righty. Now, I'm not going to weigh in yet. I'm not going to weigh in yet. I'm going to go to our last incident that she brings up, this last Incident she's citing She's saying That The same guy Who who we're talking about The same guy I'm going to say this again The same former patrol partner She goes to his home To watch a movie With his I guess this is his new partner and his wife. When the wife excuses herself, the former partner grabs her by the hand, guides her downstairs, and pressures her, quote-unquote, pressured her to perform oral sex on him. She says that she was appalled to find out at a later date that the two gentlemen had placed a bet on who could have sex with her first. So, mm-hmm, with the fire, with the firewoman. Mm-hmm. So, is this? Sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, or a hostile work environment, Pastor Charlotte. Uh, 
Okay, like I said, so he takes her down. The wife go to sleep. That's why ladies don't be going to sleep when people in your house stay awake. And he takes her downstairs. But you said that his partner is with him as well, so it's two guys and her. Right. Yes? Right. Okay. But only one takes her downstairs. So with the other one upstairs trying to get the wife? Oh, that was just a side thing. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so he takes her downstairs. It's familiar. You ain't screaming. You ain't, you know what I mean? It's just, to me, it's too familiar. There's something that this is what you wanted to do. And maybe that they didn't, he didn't do what she needed. And that's why they making this, she's making this complaint. So my thing is, she lying. She making up stuff. This is what you wanted to do being 35 years old. And so can't nobody take you downstairs. Because that would be the last time that he would ever do it to anyone. So, you ain't make no rackets, no noise, no nothing to wake the wife up, wherever she went. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Okay, so this doesn't fall under any of those categories. Uh, Tamika, does this incident, now remember now, she's citing, so in other words, she's not saying these and other things. She's using these three things. So that means that everything hinges on these particular, you know, occurrences. Do you feel that this particular incident falls under sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, or a hostile work environment? I do not. Um, Ladies, we have to use wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. If we have already had a situation where you have made me feel uncomfortable, I'm not coming to your home with or without your wife, with or without your coworker. I would um, excuse myself from that type of situation to save myself. You know, now you're at a point where, you know, you can't believe that I guess he would do that particular thing, you know. But again, you, if, had you not placed yourself in that predicament, you wouldn't be there. You know, we're, we're even going back to the, the car incident. Like I said, there are things that she could do. If she hit him right in the, wrong, in the right spot, he'd get out of her car willingly and not come back, you know. And so there are things that you can do, to, first of all, to avoid the situation. You know, so that you wouldn't get to that point. Now you're saying it's coercion, and I don't agree. All righty. All righty. So we have this final piece in her lawsuit where she says that she is um, naming this director of police and fire services because when she brought the allegations to him, he failed to act on her harassment claims. Now, do you think that maybe if these were her two or three, 
Because pretty much you're not going to go with one. So it has to be two or the three probably. You go to this director and you tell him what happens and you tell him the details. Do you think that may have been the fact that he said to himself, no, this is not warranted? And we know we know the, the, the code of blue. We, we got all of that. But do you think, based on what has been said here this morning, that that may have been one of the reasons why there was no merit to the claim according to him, and that's why he didn't push further? Um, Okay, that's the first leg of this question. Tamika. Well, any particular workplace is supposed to process any type of sexual harassment claims and the fact that he didn't and given the fact that she's the only female, ah, she's just whining, you know, she's just being female, unfortunately, you know, and he belittled the, the whole concept and didn't proceed with it. And I honestly feel that that's how that ended up um, concluding. Okay. Pastor Charlotte, do you think when he listened, to think about what was said here today. This is the same information she's taking to him. Now, again, we know the, you know, the wall of blue and he's going to cover for his boys. We get that. We get that. We get that. But do you think that this is, you know, possibly something that he thought about when he heard what she said, and that may have been a reason why he didn't act on it. Well, I think that he was, even though he felt that she was lying, um, because when you look at it, you know, we're putting our own opinion to it, which she shouldn't have did, but to be in a position he still should have uh, went on and let it go through, you know, um, I'm sure because, you know, it's a boy's world, well, a man's world, and she, the only female. And, of course, you know he done talked to them, and they done told him what happened. But he still should have went through and um, did his part. Okay. And then just okay. let the chips fall wherever, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. In the Christian world, in in the Christian arena, have we found that this is there's similar situations? We're not talking about necessarily at a bar, but think about everything that has been put out here today. All three scenarios. Are we as women negligent even in the Christian community the same way? I'm going to start with you, Tamika. I would say yes. You know, um, (laughs) there are things that we do um, that can put us in jeopardy. Um, We have talked about red flags. We have talked about the representative. We have talked about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. We have talked about going out um, by yourself and not letting anyone else know what you're doing. 
we do. We go into areas where we shouldn't be. We do things that we shouldn't do. We say and act in certain ways that we shouldn't. And then once we've gotten to that area, once we've gotten to that gray area, then it's, oh, woe is me. You know, but we have to be cognizant of what we're doing, what we're saying, who we're around, when we do what we do, you know, and um, not allowing ourselves to be open to um, the predator. The predator is always, whether you're aware of it or not, there's a predator that is always looking. He's waiting for an opportunity. And all you got to do is leave that door open. And when you leave that door open, he's busting it down. All righty, all righty. Is there an 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 uh, an example for those who might be sitting back saying, "I don't, I don't agree." I'll give you a, a, a for instance. You know, you're just meeting this person. You know nothing about them really. You know, we just talked about this lady going to this man's house, and and in this situation. I guess she figured, you know, it was okay because he was with his wife. But as you can see, that was no, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're talking about in the Christian community. Are we talking about that as well? No, no, I'm asking. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, But putting ourselves in in environments that we shouldn't be, you know, um, I would always say going to um, the gentleman's home is is a no, no. You know, that's definitely a no-no, you know, get to know, you know, have some communication, get to know each other. You know, um, there are plenty of other things that you can do. Go to outside settings so that you don't put yourself in a predicament. Okay. Pastor Charlene, do you believe that, you know, the same thing, the same concept takes place in the Christian community? Yes. We don't, a lot of times that, when I say we, just doing general, we don't see God first. And asking him, is this where I should go? What shall I do? Because he wants us to bring everything to him. So if we don't allow God to come in, that's most of the times when we get to places that we shouldn't be. Our feet are not allowed to go in every place. And take out the bar. Um, Just going to people homes, period, general. Not just that it's a, a, a male that like you, just general. You know, um, in seeking God to know what shall we do. And because he always gives, well, even when the enemy come up against us, right, he always give us a way, a way out. That's why we go through, because he on the other side waiting for you. Let me give you Alrighty. an answer. Uh, Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, let's go with, um, I'm trying to think of something. Um, I was going to do, as when we was talking to her about going to somebody's house, but let's not even go that far. Let's just go on of being in the, that he's a Christian man and that we trust. Just because of that, it doesn't necessarily mean that he got me to his home, getting in his car, or even going to a place. Let's let's do a public. He invites me to a picnic in the park, right? That's outside with everybody. 
Um, and you still have to be careful, even with that, because we sit in the ministry together, um, but you don't know what his, where his mind is, and he'll be able to uh, draw you in. And I have known female that thought because he's so-called churchly and that he, he has come, but he just got there. And you know how, like, when that new person come in and hot tamales is in the ministry and everybody swamped to him? Mm-hmm. So you laughing, so you know what I'm talking about. They swamped to him and everybody's trying to see who he going to talk to first and everybody passing numbers and all of that. So you set yourself up. And what you thought you saw on the outside, and because he got good game, and because he might know a few scriptures, you think that it's okay. But you got God. So. Because he my husband, you know. You know, they couldn't say, he my husband. God told me that he my husband. He just got here. You know, so. I don't don't understand that about us. Pastor Charlene and, and Tamika, it's like when the man comes to the church, it's like all the women lose their mind. I don't understand. It don't happen in our church, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Um, you know, I've I've seen you know I've seen and I've heard this so often. And why are we so desperate? Why we don't just kind of fall back? Why do we have to let him know we're available? Why we got to let him know that we're interested? Why we got to let him know we there, we in the house? You know, why, why, what is that about? Why do we go that route? Tamika, I'll ask you, I mean, you may, it may not have been you, and you you can't speak from experience, or was it you, and you can speak from experience? You know, but <laughs> what is that? I don't get it. I don't get it. I I feel like you you're thirsty, girl. I mean, <laughs> take a sip of water from someplace else. I mean, uh, you know, it's, every woman wants that man to be a part of a church. But then, what's crucial is, do you have what's necessary? You know, just because you got a little piece of God doesn't really help you. You know, because there are going to be some times when you need somebody that can pray for you, you know, and, and can lift you up when you're having situations. And that little bit of something ain't going to get you from point A to point B. You know, but I've seen it. As soon as he gets there, he ain't been there. This is first Sunday, and already three people them gave us his phone number. If you need me, uh, uh, if you need some help, uh, you know, reading the word, I'll help you. Wow, really? Can he can he at least get you? You don't even you know nothing about him. Maybe his first name, no middle name, no last name. You know absolutely nothing. You have not had time to study to find out what type of environment he's been in. You know that type of thing. I mean, just by him being there on GP. Now, I also want to state that that's both ways because I've had that on the recipient uh, being the reciprocator. No, sorry, I didn't say that right. The receiving end of that, I've had that happen. I came, I went to a church, and, I mean, the musician just latched on to me, and I was just like, are you serious? You know, uh, this is my first time here. I was just, you know, visiting, and, ooh, it was a mess. I mean, a real huge mess. All righty, all righty, all righty. Pastor Charlene, 
you know, what is that? Why must we act so desperate and out of sorts when a new man comes to the church? Forget about a man of power. Oh, forget about a man of power. But just when a new man comes to church, we all twist it. Exactly. Um, I've seen them fight each other. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't understand it myself. And I said to some, the way that y'all are going after him, why y'all not going and fighting for Jesus like us? You know, uh, when I ask you a question, you can't answer it, but you are going to size him up, know what size jacket he wear and this, that, and the other. I I don't understand, you know, because a man that finds a wife, you know how many times I had to tell somebody that? It's been like so ridiculous. They said, and this process, and we, we used to talk about this earlier in um, is due time, you know, of preparing yourself, you know, right. to become that wife, preparing yourself. But y'all so busy trying to get somebody to take care of them kids that don't nobody want to take care, or your clock is ticking, you want to have this baby, you know, or, you know, or I'm just lonely and I need somebody because, Pastor, you don't understand. You go home, you got a husband, and I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> Stop being, don't do that. That's, that's, that's not good. That's, that you're just being thirsty. Run after Jesus like that. Get in his word. Don't believe me. Once you get yourself together and it's God's will, he got somebody already that he's trying to fix too, baby. So just relax. Just relax. Don't let me see you be thirsty. Because y'all know she, no, don't do that. <laughs> Ladies, 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 thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. Job well done, as always. Thank you so much, and we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Don't be thirsty, ladies. Don't be thirsty. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Well, you know it's almost at 9 o'clock hour, and we are at the time where we get that switch tip for the week. Well, let's say good morning to Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning. Uh, What you got for us today? Today I got the switch with Shantice, where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. And our switch tip 142 is stop trying to prove yourself to people pulled up the definition for prove, came across a few, but the one that stood out to me the most this morning was to show that one is able to do something or to succeed. And a couple of synonyms for prove is demonstrate or show. So first I came across Galatians 1.10 in the NIV version, which reads, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I was still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And after I read that, it made me think about the scenario that I watched um, with actress Demi Moore. 
she played in Ghost opposite of Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg, and she played in that strip movie. Was the name of it strip? Something like that. Um, G.I. Jane, the the woman who shaved her hair off, the the one that Chris Rock was referring to when he cracked a joke on Jada Pinkett and got hit by Will Smith. Yeah, that Demi Moore. I thought about her, and when she was dating Ashton Kutcher, the one who was um, the executive producer, creator, and host of the show Punked. And she's older than him, of course, and they were in a relationship for a long time. And she was sober for about 20, maybe 25 years, somewhere around there. And she ended up relapsing, ended up relapsing and started drinking again after 20-something years. And she said that what had her relapse was she wanted to be the type of woman for him that, you know, they could be able to go out and just have a glass of wine. You know, she could be able to go out with him and do such such a thing. And it's like, girl, you're not able to go have a glass of wine. You have been sober, so you just broke your sobriety because you were trying to prove something so that you can keep this younger man. Now, I'm pretty sure that before that actual night took place, he already knew about your sobriety. He already knew you know, whatever struggles you had with alcohol, and I think some type of substance as well, um, drugs. Um, and it may have been prescription. But he already knew. I'm sure he already knew. But however that ended up working out, whether you saw that he was still going out or probably didn't have anything to do with him, he probably could have said, you know what, don't worry about it. Like, we don't ever have to go to a bar. You know, if we go out to any movie premieres or this or that, we don't ever have to do that. But a lot of times when we ourselves just feel like we have to – demonstrate something for someone where we have to show someone that, oh, I'm able, yes, I'm able to do this, I'm able to do that, and now she ended up falling. So I didn't follow up on that as as to how, you know, was she able to just have that one night and then get back on her feet or whether that night became multiple nights, I don't know. But it just put me in the mind of that, and it put me in the mind of, you know, this current season that I'm in now and where I felt like I had to keep, demonstrating whether it was verbally or whether it was through my actions that I was able to do something and it's like uh am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God or am I trying to please people you end up trying to win the approval of man and you end up trying to please people when you keep feeling like you have to demonstrate and show yourself second timothy 3:16 new living translation reads all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So we need to point people to the word of God so that it's his words that are proving things to people, not ours and our actions, because we're always flawed. So I don't care how well versed in God's words you are, how many verses you've memorized, um, how great you are at breaking down the proper interpretation of God's word. You need to immediately point people to that. We are walking around with Bibles, your phone, your iPad, your tablets. There's been times I've been in the street and people have asked me something or told me something or challenged me something. I said, oh, yeah, hold on real quick because I just pulled up my Bible app, right? And in such and such a verse, it says X, Y, and Z. Don't let it come from you. A lot of times that's what ends up catching us also when we try to make it sound like it's coming from us 
again, whether it's our words or our actions, we then go right back into falling into that Galatians 1.10. Am I trying to win the approval of men or am I trying to please people or am I trying to please God? Second Corinthians 6.6, 6, New Living Translation. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. And that reminds me of Galatians 5, 22-23, where God lists the fruits of the Spirit. So when you just live a genuine, authentic life in God, that's enough. So if you're thinking, like, well, I have to show through my deeds, let it show genuinely through, through the fruits of the Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, go and get it. Go to God, tell me you want to be baptized, let him work some things in and out of you so that you can get it. That's the only way you want to get the fruits of the Spirit is if you have the Holy Spirit. You only have the Holy Spirit if you get baptized. So make that move and let him tell you that you're ready. But, yeah, if you're so caught up and they show it through your deeds, when you choose God in the morning, when he wakes you up and you say, yes, I'll choose to follow you and not myself, it's going to show genuinely through the fruits of the Spirit. First Peter 2.12 NIV version reads, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. And I had to make sure that I pulled that up. I couldn't remember exactly where it was, and thank God he helped me find it. Because, again, when you're just living a genuine, authentic life in God, when people, in, like, they want to challenge you so that they can try to catch you out there, you know. And really, they're trying to catch God out there. You know, if I can, you know, make if I can point out to Shantice that she didn't cuss again or that she just did this, now I can say that this is why God doesn't work, and maybe she won't ever talk to me about why I should go to church again or why I should start praying again or why I should read the Bible again, so on and so forth. But when you live through the fruits of the Spirit genuinely and authentically, even when they're sitting there waiting, they try to point something bad out. They can't. And now they end, that ends up actually drawing them closer to God. So we have to make sure we're making the conscious decision of making a switch, of trying to prove ourselves to people and failing, because we will fail every time. Because you know what? Ah, just came to me again. When it's like, I'm trying to prove myself. I, I, that I word is very dangerous. I, I'm trying to prove myself. It becomes a whole lot less about God and Jesus and a whole lot more about you. And you ain't that good. You, you, you ain't that popular. You ain't that dope, okay? So make the switch from trying to prove yourself to people and make sure that we're trying to win the approval of God, making sure that we're pointing people to the Word of God, so that's the Word of God that is proving things to them, making sure we're living genuinely and authentically through the fruits of the Spirit, and making sure we're living genuinely and authentically so that when they're trying to catch us out there and trying to downplay God, they can't, and they end up being drawn closer to God. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Shanti. Thank you. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed one. Thank you. All right. Oh, I can pull up our benediction. Okay, well, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and that his face shine upon you. May he give you perfect peace. That's my benediction for today. All right. You know, as always, the switch tip always runs straight in to our conversation for the for the day and you know we were talking earlier about it proving yourself 
in Oshantis's word today is stop trying to prove yourself to folk. Well, that's what she was trying to do, this this Teresa Williams. You know, this is what she was trying to do in the police department. You know, she had just gotten over, you know, the, the hurdle of becoming the first female officer. And now, you know, she's trying to prove herself. She's trying to prove that she can handle it. She's trying to prove that she can, you know, um, be down. And she's trying to prove that, you know, she can be a female and she can hang. And then you end up filing sexual harassment and and, 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 and uh, sexual discrimination. And this is why they don't want us on the job in the first place. Because you the first one. And because you don't handle things the way you need to handle things, you now make it bad for anybody else that comes behind you. I'm not saying she would not have experienced some level of sexual harassment or sexual um, discrimination or hostile work environment. However, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the three cases that are cited. I have not seen one allegation of her calling for help. And they don't help her because they want to say, oh, no, you know, well, let you a woman, you could do it. I don't see any of that. I see nothing, not one of those three allegations um, talked about her being in the office and and she's at the water cooler or she's, you know, in, in, uh, in the office and they're commenting on how tight her pants are or how good she looks in those pants or how her breasts look this way. Every single day. I, every single one of these three, not one of those things happen in the workplace. So I'm trying to figure out how you're providing a hostile work environment. Now, does it have to happen on in the workplace um, during a, a, a cop stop or something like that? Not necessarily, but yeah, because it's very hard to push your um, your your claim when you're in a bar. We, sitting up in a bar has nothing to do with the job. I'm believing that you were not sitting in the bar with your anyone from that police department during work hours. So that was not a hostile work environment. If you didn't set yourself up, first of all, who's to say we need to fraternize? Again, we're talking about proving yourself. We all have met a friend who we had from the job. We all, we all have, we got one friend that, you know what, we know her from working with her. Yeah. So we do know that, you know, you will always maybe go to a movie, blah, blah. Like she said, she was at this, you know, former uh, patrol officer's, um, her former partner, his house. She was at his house to see a movie with the, with, with another, with his new partner. That is not the workplace and 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 i'm listen i'm i'm telling you from human resource administration we had a claim where there was a woman who she was friendly she knew the man from the job had gotten friendly with the guy and his wife they used to go out, chill, even sometimes she and the wife would go out. And then he started some stuff at the job. At the job. He made 
her very uncomfortable at the job. He started saying little things to her, started acting certain ways, started making advances on the job. And when when she made the claim, we had to make sure that this stuff happened on the job. We can't speak for anything that takes place off and out of that work site. I don't care if y'all went to Hollywood, Disney Park, the, the, the local park, the bar, the restaurant. It doesn't matter. If it does not happen during work hours, if it does not happen on the work site, your claim it has got to be dismissed. Now, if... Y'all start chilling and have a relationship, a friendship on the outside, and then because of that, you know, external relationship, now the, you know, the, the, um, so in other words, has she said that while they were out, they went to chill, they went to eat at a restaurant, he started cutting up and started making certain advances at her. It wasn't in the workplace. And she came back to the job and she said, well, he's my co-worker, and now I feel uncomfortable working with him. And we ask you, well, did that happen on the job? And you say, no, it didn't happen on the job. I just don't feel comfortable. Then that's on you. See, we, we have to really be careful about the stuff we do. Do we set ourselves up? Yes, all the time. So this is why, I, you know, but I have to tell you, even outside of the work mentality, when I'm looking here, if I was sitting on a jury and this is all I was hearing, I could not side for her. Yeah, it's messed up what happened, but it didn't happen on the work site. You or, or when you're, let's say, for the sake, if they went to, let's say, a, a, a conference for the job, that's still considered work. So, therefore, yes, you, you have a valid claim at that point. But you lose, ladies, you lose, gentlemen, because it happens. happens on both sides of the fence. You lose when you provide an opportunity for these people to act this way. And if you're on a job doing your, your, your work responsibilities and duties and they start cutting up, by all means, we cannot tolerate it on a job, blah, blah, blah. But when you on the outside and you agree to go to the bar, anything goes at a bar. You've already set that tone. Like I said, if I don't drink don't you, and, and you invite me to the bar, I'm just going to look at you like you're crazy. But if I decide that I don't drink, but I'm going to go to you at a bar, now I'm mad because men are in there slurring and making advances at me. Now, who looks like the dummy? If I go to a bar and I'm drinking and men start cutting up, am I really surprised? Because I'm going to be honest, in a sober mind, I've never liked to be around people who drank, men who drank. I didn't. It was very uncomfortable for me. I don't like it because I saw what they were capable of doing, and I saw what they would would do if they didn't drink or when they didn't drink. So, therefore, I wouldn't go to a bar where that's the environment. You talking about you were driving him home from the bar. Yo, again, we've got this environment from the bar. Somebody had to be drinking. 
So let's say, for argument's sake, he called you because you picked him up. You know, he said, well, listen, I can't drive myself home. Can you come get me? You call yourself doing a good deed, and while, he's, while you driving him home, he cutting up. Okay, you will never get that opportunity again. I can't go back to the job, but you won't get that opportunity again. So instead, I'm going to go to your house to, to watch a movie. No, come on, get your head together. Get your head together. You know. I'm not going to, again, you won't get that opportunity no more. So I don't hear at any point this was something that happened at the work at the workplace. You made the environment uncomfortable for yourself because you couldn't continue to fraternize with these people outside of the job. Well, I brought it home to the Christianity. Are we as Christian women and men creating environments that, we should not, that I'll subsequently make it uncomfortable for us. That's what I'm asking. Do we do that? Absolutely, like the lady said. We do. And, we, you know, we make very bad decisions. So you got to be careful. It's not only the outside people who do it. You know, I got beat up recently, needless to say, because I, I, I brought up the Christian angle. This is a Christian broadcast. I'm going to always bring up the Christian angle because we are supposed to be sending a message as Christian people. So I'm going to go back to say that as Christian people, we're supposed to think differently. I don't want to hear the fact that we're human too. I get that. But remember now, we're supposed to stop drinking and we're supposed to start eating. We're not supposed to be on, on milk forever and ever. We're supposed to grow. And again, here's the problem. We as the Christian community are supposed to be the trendsetters. Are we going to be perfect? Are we always going to get it right? No. But that's where we're supposed to be. And just because we're not there does not mean that we're not supposed to be there. So let's be those trendsetters that we need to be. Let's show this world that we do make better decisions and we do think about our actions and we do not help to bring down someone to a weakened state. Are we going to go out and drink because that's what we used to do in our former lives and now you get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly because now we've helped somebody get to a point where they shouldn't have been? It happens. Oh, that's, that's, that's what I'm citing. It happens. So come on, let's, let's help one another here and let's build up this Christian community in God's kingdom here on earth you've been listening to it's due time with Pastor Steph join us Monday through Friday from 7am to 9am where we discuss matters of the heart mind and spirit as you go through your day be sure to set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth they will only serve as a distraction Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my ladies, my due time crew, for coming through big time for us. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. I love you. <laughs>